Let's start. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 8 of Soul Noise, the Salarian Clan podcast. Uh, this week we're going to be discussing the Guardian Con, and I have with me Soren42. That's me. And Raffle Stiltskin. Hey, how's it going, guys? And, uh, yeah, why don't we just go into the uh, what Guardian Con's like. We're not going to be doing a uh, clan update this week. I don't believe we have enough information for that, so... Soren, if you want to start us off with any questions you might have, because it's your topic. Well, actually, you know, uh, I want to start uh, uh, with, uh, I know you uh, you went to Guardian Con, uh, Rofel. You want to just give us your impressions first, and then uh, maybe ask some questions after you've given us a, a little overview of what you thought of it, and what the highlights were, and, and all of that? Okay, yeah. So this was my second, this is our second year. Kat and I went. This is our second year going to Guardian Con. Um, it was in Orlando. It was at a, a nice little resort. Out, uh, it was not bad. It was a good uh, good event. It was a large turnout of people. Um, not as Destiny related as the year before, but it was, it was pretty good. So how large is like a large turnout? Are we talking like a couple hundred large for a small town or like 10,000? Because I honestly don't know. I'd have to say there was a good... There, how many people would you say? Probably a good... I mean, I, I would say maybe like 2,000 yeah, people. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. That's great. It was a good turnout. I, but there was a lot of other games there being showcased as well. You know, they had the Warframe showcase. They also had um, Borderlands 3 highlighted throughout, throughout the entire place. Uh so it really wasn't just Guardian Con this year. And, in, you know, I heard they were doing that even some last year. Was it a, a much more noticeable change then, this time? Yeah, it was, it was definitely more noticeable because it was more in the forefront of, you know, there was a big part of the, uh, the, the show floor that had, you know, the, the Borderlands 3 symbol. That's mentioned when they handed out everything. Yeah, like part of the gift. We, we got the highest tier of... Um, of entry, so we got right. a Borderlands, Borderlands mask, and we got a bag, you know, it said Guardian Con on it, but everything else was mostly, like, you know, we didn't get anything specifically Destiny-related through our gift bag. We got a, we got a Borderlands mask, you know. The cup definitely had Guardian Con, yeah, Guardian Con on it as well. Very cool. Um, and what would you say the uh, the highlights were from uh, the main stage speakers, that sort of thing. For the main stage, uh, you know, it was just be getting a chance to see um, people like Cosmo up on stage and Deej talk. You know, the the other sh like the the main stage was shared most of the time with the other games. So when it was a Borderlands something or it was a Warframe something, I just left. You know, we weren't really that interested in those two other right. games. So were there any other games that you think uh, perhaps you might? Well, would you be excited about any other games that were showing up? I know this is a uh, Destiny podcast, but if it was Guardian Con, you know, I guess tangentially related. Yeah, so I, 
I mean, to be honest, uh, I was pretty much open. I could be pretty much open to anything. I mean, I usually just play mostly Destiny now. I mean, I played other games, but I mean, Borderlands, it's kind of along the same genre in ways, and they're kind of making that step towards that MMO FPS like Destiny's trying to make. So I wouldn't say right. that's like out of the, out of the, um, I wouldn't, that's not a bad mix, but at the same time, I'm not really interested in it. Warframe's kind of been there since the beginning with them, so that I kind of understand. Um, but to be honest, it would be nice if Bungie, you know, went out and showed a new game they were making or, you know, maybe another game they were interested, you know, that they, they are somewhat similar to or had production with. I think they're only mostly just dealing with Destiny now, right? There's not really much else in the pipeline for them. So there is, but it's mainly in Asia. They have a contract yeah. they signed last year with uh, a mobile company out of uh, Asia Tencent. to do games. Yeah, Tencent. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and it's yeah, so nothing for us, really. Exactly. And I think it's even a pretty small contract, isn't it? It's only like two million or like something small like that. Yeah, it's relatively small compared to their budget for Destiny. So, so they're. Uh, well, I mean, with publishing and development now, they kind of have to focus down on just a single game at this point. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you, uh, you know, had a chance to see Cosmo and Deej on the main stage. That's always nice to see, because I remember the first uh, Guardian Cons, Bungie really had a booth, maybe, but it was really unofficial, their presence there. But they were more officially involved this time, is what it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, they were involved last year, too. It was, um, it was you know, they, they showcased a lot of the uh, streamers as well. You know, like TV was there, and uh, Dotto was there, uh, Kakis was there, uh, Mylan, Bife. There's a whole bunch of them there. Yeah. Year. So they were, you know, they were out doing their thing, and they had the signings and stuff. And last year, Most too, of them had their own booths, or? No, they didn't have their own booth. So the, the floor was set up. It was a much smaller venue this year, which is unfortunate. It was in the Tampa Convention Center last year, and this right. year it was at a resort. And the resort had its own kind of convention center, but it was nowhere near the size of what Tampa's was like. So, you know, it was kind of cram packed, and it had lines to play uh, to play a PvP tournament. Tournament went the line went throughout the entire uh, throughout the entire floor, so it made it really difficult to see where if you could. Were you cutting in line, or were you trying to get to a vendor? You know, it made it very yeah. ambiguous. Yeah, you really couldn't get to the vendors at all because you know. there were three people deep in between you and the booths. And that's, you know, that was our favorite part. Is your favorite part is going to see the vendors, and you know, they have the people that are making different, um, you know, making different types of shirts or uh, artwork. And we like, yep. you know, we like to purchase some of that stuff. So it was hard to go do that without feeling like you were stepping out of line. Yeah. Did they talk at all about their plans for the future? Are they going to continue to stay in Orlando, or do you think they'll go back to Tampa? What the one thing they talked about was that Guardian Con is going to change. So they talked about it how it's not going to be just Guardian Con anymore. Like it's going to be some sort of gaming convention. So they're going to have a few Uh, smaller games join up. Yeah, I think this has to do with Activision, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that split. But, so they can't have their own thing anymore, but it's going to be several other games. So I'm assuming that Borderlands and Warframe will continue to the trend, but then 
maybe another larger game may get involved. And yeah, but this was always more. community organized, right? I mean, this isn't something yeah. Bungie puts together. Not, not, not directly. No. Yeah. Okay. And hmm. I think once conventions start getting bigger, they start branching out. Anyways, like if you yeah. look at PAX, it started out, you know, the Penny Arcade Expo was about the comic, and then it turned into a gaming thing. Uh, RTX started out about Rooster Teeth in their videos. Now it's a gaming thing. Um, yeah, whenever conventions just start getting bigger, it seems like you just kind of have to branch out just because when you're getting that many people, it's hard to just focus down on one thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, outside, it's always a good environment. The one thing that was this year that was better Oh no, we've lost him. Oh no, I'm here. Sorry. That's we all right. Have, um, we, have, we have a little one crying in the background. Oh, oh I didn't want gotcha. <laughs> the, um, the so the best part, the, the one of the best parts about it was uh, so last year, the the previous year's the Guardian Con, they had like a little uh, arcade area where they let you play video games. They had different sorts of games, you know, like NES all the way up to you know PlayStation fours. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they had D- like a not the DDR machine, but the other game, I think, in the groove, I think it's what it's called. Mm-hmm. You know, they have you know, various stuff like that. This year was much bigger, so the entire front, like when you walk into the convention center, there's a long, you know, a long strip of just games. They had in this year, they had like large areas where you could, like, you know, five or six people could play Xbox One or PlayStation 4 or what have you, and it was it was a good environment. They even had a uh, a live um, pong machine. Oh, wow. so it was like an actual. It was like an analog pong machine. So you're actually like wow. knocking the ball across. It was, it was really cool. They oh, stepped that cool. part up a bit. Yeah, it was. It was really good. I mean, that was that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I guess it was put on by a uh, a gaming company. I forgot the name, but they came. They I guess they had they're from Texas and they were part of that too. Hmm. Very cool. Texas represent. <laughs> So, uh, do you come away with any good swag? You buy any nice shirts? Get anything good there? So, I did get I did get a really cool chance experience. So, for me, I was literally Cat and I were walking through the we were walking through the concourse, and um, she was you know it was time for the signings, and you know the Destiny guys were were getting ready to get into their signing booth um, area, and. Mm-hmm. She's like, do you want to wait in line? I said, no, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna wait in line for that. You know, I'm very much, yeah, I very much, and I told her, I don't want to sit there and wait, you know, thirty minutes to an hour to have someone sign something for me. I think it was more like four hours at that point. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm like, I'd rather, I'd rather do it organically. I don't want to wait and then like, hey, I, you know, I've been sitting here, just sign this so I can go home now. I'm like, I want to meet yeah. them, just naturally talking to them. So we're walking, so we were going to be, we were done for the day, and we started walking out, and I happened to run into Matt from Milan Games. We walked into Warframe. Yeah, we were, while we're here, yeah, well, like, just check it out. Exactly. While we were here, like, let's just go see this Warframe, you know, see what it's all about. And as we're walking up the stairs, Milan's walking down. And I go, hey, man, nice. how you doing? And he's like, oh, what's up? I'm like, I'm a big fan, you know, we started talking. And... <laughs> very cool very so, cool. Uh, yeah i had a ghost on me and i was like hey man can you sign my ghost he's like oh yeah you have a pen i'm like no <laughs> so <laughs> so the cat's like i have eyeliner and 
he's like, well, how about we go to my booth and, you know, we'll get it signed. I'm like, all right, perfect. So we're walking through, we're walking back into, because you have to walk out right. of the, uh, the main area of the hotel. You have to go past a security checkpoint. So I'm walking in a security checkpoint with Mylan, and I'm, like, asking him some questions. And he's like, I, you know, it's like, you know, I haven't gotten a chance to see anything. And he's like, I've been, you know, going from thing to thing. You know, I, I flew 23 hours to get here. It's like, I've been just so busy. And I said, well, there's something that you're really going to enjoy. And in the middle of the uh, event, they had a, a booth, a Destiny, you know, had a Destiny showcase. And they had the, um, I forgot the, the artist's name, but one of the artists that actually makes the live interpretations of the guns was there. Oh, cool. And he was working on a gun that doesn't have a name yet, but he was working on a gun that has a, a type of like, it looks like hive, but it's like a machine. It's a it's a machine gun. It's got like a hive thing stuck in like a an amber piece of amber inside yeah. the machine gun. Yeah, you saw the pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was walking through the. I was walking through security. I'm like, Mylan, you know, I got to show you this. I pull out my phone, and we're just going through. And I'm like, look, look at this piece here. Look at this picture. This has to be, you know. I mean, we're just going through it. And I'm like, oh, is this a Suros gun? I don't know. Or is it Omelon? Or you know, talking about it right there. It was, a, it was a really cool moment. I think that was my favorite moment of the entire. entire uh, very event. cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a little personal interest question, I guess. Um, did you find a lot of, uh, or were there any uh, either player organizations or clans that had boots that you saw? Uh, Dad's Destiny or uh, uh, who's the big raid clan? Uh, what are they called? Math class? Well, math class, nah. I was thinking of, uh, with an R, uh, the ones who have, like, all the world first titles, for the most part. I thought that was math class. No. <laughs> I don't think they have any, actually. But, anyway, did any of the, any of the clans or player organizations have booths? Any of the clans or organizations have booths? Um, no. The booths were mostly for the vendors. And they weren't, like, yeah. necessarily gaming related we had like the coffee one and then yeah. there was the gamer oh there's the gamer tea and the gamer uh, yeah they okay specifically directed toward there were people walking around with those belts though those world first belts yeah. there's a lot of them that's right they gave those out didn't they yeah they did give those out they gave those out the first night yeah. Well, rare job. Rare job. yeah rare job um theater is what they call it very cool so they gave those out yeah, but we saw people walking around, and I'm like, really? Come on, man, I want one. <laughs> <laughs> well, next raid, you know, <laughs> we put a big effort in this time, but I don't think anybody in the clan was really ready for, uh, for what was yeah. going to be involved in that day one run. No, this year, this time, Shadow People, I'll be ready. I just need to get in. <laughs> I need people to get in with. I think the big issue is just if you're playing on console, you're at a huge disadvantage no matter what. Even in... Um, this last one, it was only Rick Kakis that managed to get it out on console. First 24 hours, yeah. Yeah, uh, so of the 100, the first 100 to do it, one was on console. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. 100 teams, I should say. But, uh, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Uh, I actually didn't have anything. I was going to try to figure something out talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> so what would you say uh, your plans are for next year? Are you going to be going again? Uh, what are our plans for next year? Um, yeah, you, you thinking you're going to make another trip? 
next year they're not having Guardian Con. They're yeah. having they're changing it. Oh right, yeah, whatever yeah. it becomes. But I assume so, it'll still be a yeah, large it, Destiny focus. So I personally, I think um, I think our expectations were a little set high from last year's. Mm-hmm. Last year was the big gambit, you know, the big gambit reveal. Oh around that right. Time. So we got right. to play. I got to play yeah, Gambit. You got to play after meeting somebody by the bathroom. <laughs> that, that's a funny story. <laughs> um, I, but the uh, so when we so we didn't know much about Shadowkeep going into it, and I thought that there would be a chance for us to learn more about Shadowkeep. Mm-hmm. But really, that really didn't happen. Sure, we got to see the you know they didn't the give any information. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't really give much. So, and when we were, go- I was going to go and stay in line and, you know, game, but then when I realized it was a PvP tournament, it's like, not really, I didn't really feel like it was worth the time to stay there. Not to mention it wrapped around the entire venue like twice. Yeah. Yeah, so that's crazy. For, for us, it was more so, let's, you know, if we go again this year, um, which we probably will, it won't, we won't be, we won't, I won't be buying the highest tier <laughs> again. Mm-hmm. I probably, it wasn't worth it. Um, but I would. Now, did you guys uh, did you guys have to travel, or is that just the part of the country you live in? We we live in uh, we live in Florida, so in, okay. in Tampa. So it's been in Tampa. This is the first year it hasn't been right. So we it was in Orlando, which is an hour drive away. So we had yeah, to, it's not bad. It wasn't bad. We had, yeah, you had to stay overnight, and it was a you know three day you know three day thing. And uh, hmm. yeah. yeah, I guess that that's tough with the with, with the family and everything. Exactly, and you know we we kind of don't want to bring the kids yet. They're still kind of young, so yeah, it would be more like us corralling them. Because it's not yep. it's not like a Comic Con or a Megacon yeah. where like you have everybody walking around in costume, and it's more everybody's there just to see like the sneak peeks of the upcoming year without all of the cool stuff that you would normally see at a Comic Con or a Megacon. That was going to be my next question. Were there a lot of cosplayers and any highlights you there, saw? I saw like three. <laughs> yeah, wow. there, there wasn't very many. It was, and, it, and the, the, the few that you do see are, are really good, but the rest, everyone else is kind of just wearing like a, you know, the, the Gambit or, or, or the, uh, what else is it? The SRL shirt from Loot Crate. I saw a yeah. bunch of those. Mm-hmm. It's, it's any really, moments of triumph from D1? Shirts. Exactly. It's just the simple stuff. So it wasn't really, no one really goes, not many people go all out. And if they do, they're usually like, what, maybe like 16, 17. So they, yeah. have, they have time. And it's usually like more simple characters <laughs> like Hawthorne. Yeah, someone's just as Hawthorne or something. That's what my 17-year-old wants to do is <laughs> d- do a cosplay and go to Guardian Con next year. So <laughs> yeah, we, we, always, we always talk about it and then we just don't do it. We talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> doing a lot of things. So. Yeah, exactly. Kids. Yeah, and yeah. The energy. <laughs> but no, the uh, well, for really... her, oh, go ahead. For, yeah, for her, it's kind of her thing. So uh, she uh, does yeah. special effects makeup, and that's what she wants to do that's for awesome. her career. So that's, that's great. <laughs> but yeah, you were you were saying. Oh yeah, so we just really um, we'll, we'll probably go again. I won't spend as much as I did this year, but I, we definitely do. We'll definitely will go again. So yeah, yeah very cool. Cause and they, yeah, I think doubled at the end of it. They doubled what their goal was of like three million dollars. So yeah, yeah, that's right. Because uh, all of their 
Yeah, a big portion goes to St. Jude. Yeah, that's great. I have to say, I think Destiny's like one of the games that somehow the community has stupid amounts of charitable donations for. Yes. There's not a lot of other games I can think of where the community just comes together and does so many donations. Plus, Bungie does it. Uh, there's constant streaming and, you know, um, marathons for Destiny. Yep. There was one during Guardian Con, actually. So, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, uh, while I have you here, uh, unless, uh, you know, you guys have more on Guardian Con, Gio, you have more questions? Um, fortunately, like I said, I have no experience with cons, so my ability to come up with interview questions is pretty limited. Okay. Well, I think we covered uh, the majority of the topics I wanted to, to ask about. Um, but while I have you here, you know, you're a, a somewhat newer member of the community. Uh, both of you. Um, I was curious what you thought about uh, Solarian and what you thought about the joining process and if you have any uh, thoughts or uh, pointers on how we can improve. Well, I mean, I found you guys on the... where the... episode. You can say it. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to talk. Um, from there, it, it, was pretty, it was pretty straightforward. I mean, within like 24 hours, I think we were accepted... The only thing that um, kind of confused me at first was um, I didn't realize that the clan was broken up into like three different like things, like different clans. In game. Yeah. So, like, I was trying to like link up with somebody else to play and I was like, um, I don't see you. Are you part of the thing? That's <laughs> no, a good point. We need to make that clearer. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, that's a thing that's not on us anymore. That's how they changed the clan system now that there's a uh, member limit. And yeah, well, I mean, it's always that. been a up to no more than 100 people in a single clan, so. Was it always that way? I thought yep. back in D1, they you could have, like, huge mega clans. No, well, they had the group system back then, where you could group clans together. But oh, they were okay. still separate in game. And that was a limitation with PS3 and, and Xbox 360 that they couldn't make clans more than that then. Now it's a choice uh, in, in Bungie's mind because they don't want mega clans to overshadow what uh, you know a small group of friends can do or whatever. Yeah, because of the point system. But oh. seeing as there's a, a weekly cap anyway and a seasonal cap, I don't know how it would matter. So, But yeah, uh, that is one of our things. And, and I appreciate you bringing that up because we do need to make it clearer in our... Uh, in our join literature and, and the instructions that, you know, on every platform we have some mechanism for people to find each other cross clan. But if you don't know that there's, you know, 12 different clans, you're not going to know to go look for the PSN community or uh, whatever. So that, I mean, that's a small gripe, but it, you know, that's something that, yeah, it was a little weird at first because I was doing the same thing. I'm like, Hey, how many clans of them is there? Because I've never really been part of a large clan like this ever. It, Even going back all the way to my um, City of Hero days, I've never been in something this large. I've always shied away from it. And I would have done the same thing. Um, but, you know, really when, when, uh, when we became the official clan of where the fuck is Zer, we kind of don't turn people away now. So we've just grown this much since the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, we barely had a hundred players. So, oh. 
Yeah, we. Well, I mean, season of opulence was what four hundred and fifty in three weeks. Yep. Yep. Four hundred fifty yeah. new players. Yep. <laughs> so, That's crazy. I mean, I mean, just yesterday alone, we picked up like six in one day. Uh, you know, as long as it has the right feeling to it and the right culture, people are friendly. There's Sherpa sessions. There's people to play with. You know, I'm keen to let it grow for a little while longer. We'll be doing some different things in year three, but uh, there'll be more coming out uh, in a clan update video uh, towards the end. Solstice of Heroes on that. So that's sweet. Yeah, that's that's good. That's real good. Well, excellent. Uh, I really appreciate the uh, the feedback. But uh, have you guys had much opportunity to play with uh, clan members and? You know, have you found it to be uh, a rewarding experience? Is it what you were looking um, for? Absolutely. Oh, much better than where we've come from. So, <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear it. Glad yeah, we had a, we had a small fire team worth of people, like eight people. We used to play with all the time, and they a lot of them lived in the south, and they we you know they hang out and get together and stuff. So we uh, there was well, something happened in a fight broke like the fight between one of the members and another person and then our whole like eight man team kind of just fell apart. Plus them being in different time zones, some of them were like two hours ahead or I mean two hours behind. So made it a little difficult. Yeah, that's always such a hurt. I can honestly say I haven't I haven't really come across anybody in the clan that hasn't been nice. Hasn't been good to play with. So even better. Yeah. Been good that way. Yeah. Well, and of course, uh, here's a, a little bit of clan trivia for you, but uh, when we uh, started out, the majority of our clan was uh, based in South Florida as well. So, Oh, really? There's, yeah, there's a lot of people <laughs> who are not only in your time zone, but uh, even in your area of the country. So, good network really? connections, you know, easy to team up with. Oh, yeah, the guy from Oldsmore. Yeah, there's a guy in Oldsmore. That's funny. We were like, oh, it's raining. He's, He's like, like, oh, yeah, it's supposed to rain here. It's like, oh, yeah, well, we're in, we're in Tampa. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm 15 minutes from there. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, uh, Trackon and I started the clan. Uh, he's my little brother, and he's down in uh, on the southeast coast. So, And that's where I moved from. So a lot of the original clan was uh, our friends, co-workers, and family members. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Family that plays. <laughs> oh, so, uh, Geo. Oh, yep, go ahead. I'll go ahead. I was going to say, Geo, do we have any major we want to talk about in-game? I know Solstice of Heroes comes out this Tuesday. Excited for that. We don't know too much about it yet, but, you know, it'll likely be a lot like last year's since there's still oh. armored upgrade and everything. Uh, my biggest thing is that I want to brag again for the third time that I called it the bad juju was returning. Yes. <laughs> because we actually have it and we have it in game and it is it is nuts now. Um, wait till you so long. Yeah, wait till you get the catalyst. It makes it like it isn't like it wasn't D1. Yeah, oh, it's man. perfect. Even now it's just it's absurd. Um the nerfs to um the super regen exotics totally yep. justified. Didn't have nearly as much of a, an impact as people thought. Nerf to um, spindle or whisper, I should say. Can't even tell because 
with how much ammo you can carry anyways with it, you almost never run out of shots anytime you can use the thing anyways. So, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I like the tributes. I don't like how expensive everything is, and I don't like the bright dust cost on tributes, just because I feel it's like if you don't have time to play, it kind of becomes a pay-to-win thing. Well, it's only because you can. I think their goal there was to get rid of people that had uh, tons of bright dust to get rid of those inventories. Yeah, make it a resource. Keep. Yeah. Cat uh, and Rolfo, you guys have anything to say on these? Do we have anything to say about the new changes? Um, I would say I'm happy my bad Juju's back. I've been waiting for that gun forever. I never took it off. Unless I was, you know, putting on Galahorn or something, but I never took it off in Destiny 1. Yep. <laughs> Same here. See, uh, the, the Tribute Hall is, uh, it's yes. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's not bad. I don't like the cost of everything exactly. You know, maybe the 88% discount might help, but that's, that's already a haul in itself. A Menagerie was a great addition. Oh, I love Menagerie. Yeah, that's been an amazing, amazing addition to the game. It's fun. I mean, a few, there's about two of those things I don't like doing. But, I mean, the rest of it uh, is. Let me guess the Arcborn and the Recovering Stolen Light. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> I don't think anybody likes doing those. Well, the Arcborn one isn't bad. The Recovering Stolen Light one, though, is miserable. The Arcborn is just, it's just too redundant. The um, I like how I like the challenge of uh, riposte, the riposte. Yeah, the riposte. Yeah, is excellent. That's a good. Uh, the that's, a good. Is, that's the uh, kill the knight, pick up the sword one, right? Yes. That one's that good. one's. I, like that. I think that one's hit or miss. On days when it's like blackout or oh, you don't have a good yeah. team, it's just misery. Yeah, the, uh, the blackout need. There needs to be something done with blackout. I think it's just way too powerful. It well, it's is, already been, but it uh, at least makes it a challenge. Days, I mean, well, blackout. Um, you know, when it's on, um, what is it called? The reckoning is yeah. is just impossible. Yes, that that's too much. See, I I liked blackout before they nerfed it when it was six hundred percent. Basically, you're just guaranteed to die in strikes because then it made strikes a lot more challenging, a lot more fun. You had to. Um, you know, keep headphones on and listen and use senses you normally don't use to make up for your lack of radar. But then when you get into endgame stuff, then it just becomes miserable. And thankfully, yeah. there's a fail condition in, in the menagerie. So even if you completely fail that one, okay, just move on to the next one. Except for heroic. Right, except for heroic. Yeah, but you should be squatting up for that and getting ready for it too, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just think blackout is just too it's just too much at end game content. You're exactly correct. Anything you're looking forward to for uh, Solstice or Solar Week? Oh, I was watching uh, I was watching Aztec Cross. Aztec Cross, yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about the Fabian strategy coming back. And that, that could be good. Yeah. That would be a very good addition. You know, getting those um those uh, archetype weapons, you know, specific weapons back. That would that'd be great. I did. A, did you know anybody use Fabian strategy in D one? I, I definitely did. With especially with Bubble, I used it when they buffed it. Um, you know, in Rise of Iron, it was pretty good. 
Yeah. You know, initially, before they made changes to it, yeah, it was terrible. It was your first but, time. But I gotta say, if they're, they've given us Ace of Spades, if they give us Thadian strategy, they better give us to Laylock at some point. That oh, was the other no. one I used. <laughs> yeah, same year. <laughs> I used no, Laylock no, in, um, please, no. <laughs> and my please, thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those are all Destiny One. Those are they had like specific um, class weapons. Yeah, I don't know any of them. I do want to get. I'd like to get the uh, class specific legendary weapons back. Specifically, I want the hunter sniper rifle back. That one was awesome. Yes. Oh, that it was, was yes. Or the warlock fusion. That was good too. Yes, Susano. That was. Uh, that was my gun. Yeah. Yeah, but we kind of have that already with the exotic armor, the, what is it called, the prismatic something? The one that gives you um, explosions of your element kind of does the same thing. Chromatic fire? No, that's for uh, the primary weapon. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's still, it's an exotic or uh, an equipment piece that's tied to your class element, yeah. which is what Susanna was. Right. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> It's a fusion rifle. That was the more important thing. <laughs> it, was a, it was a pretty darn good fusion rifle, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it felt oh, good. What was the name of that fusion rifle that Eris uh, gave us? Uh, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. That was a great the, gun. The solar void one where you could swap between elements. Yeah, the very and first had, swapping gun. And it had different stats depending on the element that you picked. Yep. Um, uh, that was a Let's see. Howling something. Uh, Anybody who's listening to this is going to be shouting at us for being idiots. Probably. (laughs) Well, I must have dismantled mine because you could not infuse it up to the latest power level. Because I don't have one in my vault or on my characters in D1, so. I think I have one, but I'd have to stop playing at the moment to check it. By the way, Soren, you're getting shot in the face by the boss. Yeah, I know. <laughs> by the way, you guys um, are more than welcome to play while we record. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We uh, always, uh, or, or some of us always play when we record. Uh, and some of us uh, don't like the clicking when they have to do the editing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's, yeah, we're, uh, we're, just, we're just hanging out, trying to give you guys our undivided attention and not wake up the children. <laughs> Yeah. Of oh course. no, it's it's perfectly fine. It's I can cut out any sorts of gaps or anything that's in there. So uh, the most important thing is that you're relaxed and enjoying yourself because the more you enjoy talking, uh, the more people will enjoy listening. And honestly, uh, this is the first year that, uh, we had four or five clan members go to uh, Guardian Con. For the, I mean, given how many people live in South Florida, I'm surprised nobody's gone. Before. But uh, oh, really? I was just eager to hear about it. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, find out what people thought and, and see whether it was worth uh, not only personally making a trip potentially next year, but also potentially making a trip uh, as a community. You know, setting up a, a place to meet or a, a booth, especially if we get, you know, if we get five or six or even more people going from the community. 
uh, next year. I'd certainly do some sort of get together, you know, take everyone out to dinner or something. <laughs> oh, live stream or um, live recording podcast episode at GuardianCon. Yeah, exactly. Be- that kind of thing. Yep. So. Yeah, that would be that would be interesting to do. Just to, that would make it much more worth it, you know. When it's just the two of us, we don't really know people that are there, so we're just, you know, we do the things that we want to do, and then we leave, and then we come back, and then we leave, and so it would be yeah, of course. Kind of use it as like a, a mecca of sorts to meet people. And it always seemed like it was the most enjoyable destiny involved uh, con. But it also seemed like it was the smallest before. So, you know, making a specific trip out to uh, out to Tampa in the past didn't always make sense. So, well, Tampa is really not much to do. Yeah, I mean, other than visit family, but yeah, people, meh, you know, out of it, it's really not too much. <laughs> Orlando, you know, is, has everything. Yeah, it's just more expensive, you know, to visit. So. Orlando's where Disney World is, right? Basically. Yeah. The Disney Universal, I mean, uh, Wet and Wild is ridiculous. That's gone. Sea World. Oh, Wet and Wild's gone? With Venture Island? Yeah, they changed it to um, Volcano, Bay? Volcano Bay. That's a Universal. Oh, okay. That's their own water park. It looks awesome. It's got a big old volcano in the middle of it. I did not realize that was uh, the old and wild. Okay. <laughs> wow. Uh, you said wet and wild. That was the name of the water park back in El Paso when I used to live there. Yeah, they were a chain. Yeah. But they, they started in Orlando. In like the 70s. It was like 78 or 77 they opened up. Mm-hmm. I remember going the, the year they opened. <laughs> just to give you an idea of just how excited uh, Soren was about discussing Guardian Con. You guys are the first non-leadership team uh, guests on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> we feel so special. Thank you. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you guys coming on and giving us your time and your opinion about it. So, Well, that's also why I wanted to throw it over to you, because so far it's just been Saren and I basically asking the questions. But since you guys are here on the podcast, you have a platform to speak on. Is there anything you guys want to bring up, either about Destiny, about the clan, or you know, just anything in general? <laughs> Say that again. If you, need uh, one in. <laughs> if you guys have anything Destiny or clan related that you like to talk about on the podcast, just I don't know anything you might soapbox about, or um, or if you have questions for us, yeah. or yeah, absolutely, you know. If there's a, a topic you want to complain about, whatever. Yeah, just get something off your chest about how much you hate, like, Lord of Wolves and PvP or something. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. The thing, what is the one thing in, in PvP that has been driving, oh my gosh, it's been driving me crazy is the. Uh, like a reckless. No, not the reckless. That's what's driving me crazy. Oh, the reckless has been driving you crazy. Can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> Same here. Why? Oh, Reckless has been. It's. You know what's been rough is than all the hunters. That's the hardest part because mm-hmm. I don't play a hunter in, and barely. the invisibility thing that's going on right now. Oh, that invisibility thing too. Yeah, that's been rough. I mean, the last match that we played last night. I mean, there half their half the other team was 
invisible. Yeah, I feel like people have found a way to make it happen. So they're purposely yeah, bringing invisible. Delete a shader. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? That's not just a hunter bug, though, right? That that's uh, any class. Yeah, any class can just turn invisible, and you know, yeah, it, it's rough. I did it by switching my weapon in the middle of the match. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, a geo. You made it sound geo like you you weren't familiar with this. There's a bug in the game right now. Uh, character models won't load in PDP, and people have figured out how to intentionally exploit it by doing things like deleting all the copies of the shader that are on their you know items or changing the shader on their armor mid-match, you know, that kind of thing, uh, will trigger the bug, and your yeah. character model will just disappear. We figured out by switching weapons, you could do it too. Like, if you go into your, uh, your menu and change whatever weapons you're using, you can go invisible then too, but you'll come back eventually. Right. Huh. You know, and I've kind of noticed that when I've been doing... Uh, like PVE type stuff where I'll change out a weapon just in the middle of a strike and for like three minutes it the model doesn't load in but it doesn't affect anything so right. I never really put two and two together that it might just completely break my character in uh, PVP yep it's like you're invisible wow that's some crazy yeah. stuff <laughs> it's been pretty gnarly lately so you go into a match and you won't be able to see anybody. But uh, like Kat was saying, Reckless gets me all the time. Too. And that's one of the triumphs I'm still missing. So thankfully we have some PvP Sherpas in the community who are amazing players that do... Uh, you know, I would say they do carries because it, it really... like it, I'm thinking of like Stubborn Oak and people like that. They do carries, certainly. But it's not a traditional carry where you don't have to do anything. Um, he does a great job of teaching you how to be a better PvP player while helping you get uh, pinnacle weapons. So he helped uh, track and friendly and you know a bunch of the uh, the PS4 players do it. And now he's uh, helping out on uh, PC and Xbox as well. So that would be something. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say that would be something good if I, you know, I guess being able to identify who the uh, gurus would be, I guess you would say, in the clan of certain things so that, you know, or if there's a way to kind of talk to, talk to them, you know, and at least. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's so the in the I, discord, I'm, based on the person's color uh, determines their role. And I think it's the like light blue lilac color are the are those the champions and the guides soren well there there's uh, yeah there's sort of three roles that can help with that right there's the the captains and the guides the captains are like the aqua color and the uh the guides are hot pink um you can also put your uh or click on their name and it'll show their their roles because it'll tell you uh what type of guide they are because we have the guides in particular we have PvP guides, we have raid guides, gambit guides, and then PvE guides, which are, you know, nightfall, dungeons, menagerie, that type of thing. Um, and then the captains, generally, they're not as high skill as the guides are. 
Um, they're more about just making sure that each land gets the uh, the engram for their activity every week and make sure that, you know people that are looking to run that activity have a, a fire team that they can get together. But that's not to say that they're not good players and that they're not very skilled in their activity or have some passion. So captains can help too. Additionally, when it comes to PvP, you can look for the silver and gold name. Those are people who have won uh, our PvP tournaments in the past. Okay. So, Actually, I think this is uh, pointing out something as well that we should do, Soren, which is come up with some sort of primer for what different roles are. Right. Do we have one of those? Sort of. Um, we do uh, some in some areas of the website, but I need to make it more prominent and bring it into the new member's guide, because that's really where it needs to be. Right. So that it's all in one place for people to refer to. So, yeah, there's some um, plugging our clan stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, sorry about that, Rolfo. You, uh, you were actually talking. No, no, you're good. No, that's, that was one of my questions there, yeah. Just being able to identify, you know, certain people, know, you know, getting to know the clan a little bit better. Because we, mm-hmm. we kind of run with the same three or four, you know, people. You know, usually so uh, evil wine and uh, crazy Jersey guy, the Jersey Jersey boy, and a few others. You know, we yep. keep running the same people, but it'd be good to kind of find a way to branch out more. And I believe Jersey is—he's the one who's in charge of our Sherpa program, isn't he? Uh, for the raids, yep. Yeah. So you're actually playing with one of the uh, the PVE Sherpas. Actually, they they are both um, captains. Evil is a PVE captain, uh, and Jersey is a raid captain. So, but um, Jersey uh, is certainly more of a raid Sherpa than uh, a lot of the raid captains are, um, only because he, you know, goes out of his way to arrange learning sessions. I see. That's good. So, and I believe Trackon is our other really big um, raid Sherpa. As well. Yeah, on PS4, absolutely. Um, you know, he he's great, and you know that's one of the things that we really did early on in the clan. You know, back in D1, we were just a PS4 clan, and we were, you know, relatively small. We had you know 50 people maybe, but we were very focused on running the raid every week and sherping new people through it. So usually, Track and I would get you know a team together and put together a sherpa run every weekend. So. Uh, something he still doesn't do, but as more and more time of mine has been taken up by the community, I haven't been able to raid as much. But it's the same thing on the uh, platforms, too. I mean, you've got Not Disliked and Tinlin, who are amazing uh, raid Sherpas. Um, and actually, you've got uh, several of the other admins on PS4 as well. Uh, Baby Highland, um, Fox on the Rocks, and... Uh, Higgs Bozo are also uh, avid raiders. Um, Higgs and Fox uh, pretty much set up the day one raid program in the community uh, when uh, Crown came out. And we're looking forward to doing it again for this Black Garden raid in uh, Shadowkeep. So we'll make uh, quite an effort, I'm sure, to get some clan fire teams through uh, the raid on day one. Yeah, I definitely want to. I'm definitely going to be ready this time around. I wasn't ready for uh, this last raid, 
the day one, even though I did take the day off for work. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely wasn't ready because I just we just recently joined the clan. We didn't know anybody, and you guys, you guys don't know us, so don't know our history with the game. So well, really well, I don't know if you if you made an effort or if you tried it at all that day, but it was brutal. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> I watched some of the streams a little bit and saw, you know, was reading about the problems, and it wasn't as bad as the last time, so. No, you know, the, the big thing was, um, I think with uh, contest mode enabled, even people that did have good luck and, and could get their power higher were just held back, and it just meant you had to have a perfect run through to get to oh, yeah. the encounter. So, and that yeah, was really sorry. tough. Yep. You just ran up the stairs here in the tower? Yeah. Did you see me floating in the air? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've been here for about five minutes now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gotta love those loading screens on console. Yeah. I Just trying to jump my way up the stairs and just stuck. Hi. Okay, anyways, go ahead and continue. I was just... I was just no, no. That, I was, you. You know, that was really... Uh, you know, we really try and put those services into the into the community so that uh you know new people who join and want to learn the raid well we've got some raid you know every week and they almost never fill up um right away all right on pc they do but on ps4 there's always a space or two available and almost almost without exception the person running it is willing to uh to take the time to teach the encounters so um, it's one thing that we're, uh, we're quite proud of in the community that, uh, you know, we'll take anybody with any experience through the raid because the more people that know it, the more people you have to run it. And we're trying to get there on PVP as well so that people who want to improve their skill can, can do so. So we're hoping in, uh, Keep to set up some PVP workshops in private matches and things so that some of the best PVP players in the community can teach everyone else, you know what they need to know to improve and how to get their skills up there. I think that's the one thing I want right now is to find a good, solid few people that I can run PvP with. Because I'm not... I, I was... I used to play it all the time. And that was, one, that was my main thing. D1 and then early D2. And then, you know, I took... I carried some people through the Lighthouse in, D, in the first year of D2. Mm-hmm. Or not Lighthouse, whatever. It's Aspire. But then it's just... Right, yeah. Couldn't keep a consistent group and you know no one really liked trials back then and it was already difficult as it was because there was limited people so that means only the best of the best were playing yep getting lighthouse was good but it it was hard but it was harder than usual but still possible so now it's just i haven't really found a good solid group of people to go into competitive with well the nice thing is because we've had more people you know uh teaching We've also had more people running, even if they're not quite at the level where um, they're teaching encounters. Um, they're certainly good enough that they can contribute to a fire team. So, um, you know, it's it's easier, much easier now to find people to run comp with in the community than it was even three or four months ago. So, and you know. Uh, Let's see, I think the specific clan that you're in is the Exiles, is that correct? Yes. So we don't have a PvP captain 
for that clan. So if that's something that you might be interested in, you know, <laughs> I can talk to you more about it after this. And, uh, you know, um, yeah, I'd be interested in working on that. So we try and keep uh, a captain for each clan in Graham, basically, uh, in each clan. So, um, and PDP, like I said, place where we need to grow the most organization because it's just not been there historically and we're, we're getting there. So I appreciate you, uh, you bringing it up though. Well, thank you. <laughs> so what's been the biggest challenge for you guys start having a clan, you know, starting one and keeping it going? Yeah. I mean, that's why, uh, we're, we're more finicky about the activity rules, even though they're not really stringent or anything, right? Saying that you, you know, player members have to play something in the game once every 30 days is not really that stringent of a, a requirement. But even that at least allows us to remove people that aren't playing the game anymore and then recruit new people. Because that is one thing we are really strong at is recruiting people into the, into the community and into the clans. So there's always uh, an active group in there. Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely, yeah, like that part, that aspect of it. I mean, we both do. You know, coming from places where we have to wait, you know, until, okay, everyone's coming on at 10 o'clock tonight, so. And then it wouldn't be 10.30, to be 10.30 or 11 before everybody actually got right, Exactly. And then everyone and, finally grouped up. Yep. And if, if your experience was anything like ours, I mean, when we were just a PS4 clan and we didn't do recruiting like this or anything, we could always have, we'd always have no problem getting five people together for, say, a raid. We could never get that sixth person. So, it was always going to an LFG site, which would always add another, you know, 30 minutes or more to starting. So, it's yeah, one so of the reasons we did this. You get, like, no luck at all, and you'd end up getting, like, someone from outside the country to... <laughs> Never done it before. Yep. I mean, we were always willing to teach new people, but that connection, you know, with like playing with people from Australia, happy to do it most of the time. But when you're trying to raid sometimes or trying to do PvP, oof, that network uh, connection difference can kill you. Yeah, and it's slow, the slow, yeah, the lag. and. Uh... Yep. So we kind of uh, threw it over to you guys and then... Took it back. <laughs> yeah, took it back and went back to the clan and stuff like that again. Uh, so I want to throw it back at you guys again. If there's anything you'd like to discuss, bring up, soapbox about, rant. I This might be one of the first episodes where I don't go on a mini, mini rant. Uh, I would like to say uh, people start playing other things besides your hunter and PvP. <laughs> Change it up a little bit. Let's see some more titans, some more warlocks. That'd be nice. It's, it's tough when you're going against a team of all hunters and they're all, you know, shade stepping and. <laughs> it's, yep. It's not fun. I actually I mean, prefer playing against hunters just because even if they're shade stepping and invisible, you can still shoot them. I hate playing against Titans because shoulder charge. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's me all day. Oh, yeah, I, I love shoulder charge. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, um, she she does the uh, the missile, and I'll do the, uh, the shoulder charge, and shoulder it's just missile. it's just hilarious. Yeah, see, I I tried doing it when I played Titan, and 
it felt like I could never land a hit with my shoulder charge, even when I thought I could hit. And then when I'm playing against Titans, I'll, you know, see one coming around the corner. I play a hunter. So I go straight vertical, try to get above them, you know, swap over to my shotgun and somehow they'll pass under me and then shoulder charge do a 180 degree turn and launch vertically 12 feet and kill me. Like, why can't I do that when I play Titan? The thing I've noticed is you got to kind of force the shoulder charge to track. And I think you have better results like that. If you're, yeah, you, you can't be running at them and then shoulder charge usually. And, you know, it's, you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll hit them and it will work. But more than likely, if you force it to track, so you're like aiming a different direction and you hit your shoulder charge, you'll have a better time attacking somebody than you would straight on. It's, it sounds weird, but it, it works for some odd reason. And it's really a console ability with auto aim being as high and powerful as it is on console. I mean, you'd really take advantage of that aim assist that shoulder charge gives you. And that's how they're jumping 12 feet to hit you while you're over them. <laughs> exactly. Like I can, I can show, I can run past you slide and I'll turn, I'll turn, you know, I'll, I'll turn the camera a little bit and I'll hit the shoulder charge and I'll, and I'll take you out. I'll be like around the corner and I'll still hit you. <laughs> of course, the hunter gets the same ability with blade barrage. I can't tell you how many times I've been fully behind a wall or around a corner and still been killed by a blade barrage. Oh yeah, the yep. blade barrage has been that's that's the one thing that's been horrible. I'll be you know I'll have but my snacks at least and shut at least down. Blade barrage is a a one and done, and it's a super ability and it's. No, it's kind of like the um, it's the shatter, uh, void bomb. What's it called? Yeah, void bomb from D one. Yeah, yeah, nova bomb. It's like shatter nova bomb from D one. You know, you hit the button and you kill anybody who's in this general direction. There's some tracking involved, obviously. Shoulder charge, on the other hand, is well infinite if you have the right exotic. Yeah. It's, it, people, I, I, I've gotten my share of hate mail. <laughs> I don't respond anymore. I just, you know, let it go. <laughs> I did get hate mail yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Gia, do we want to wrap this one up? Sure. Yeah, I don't really have anything else. And it seems to be, if I'm reading this right, 1230 for you guys. Yep. Yep. So I'd assume you guys... Uh, probably would like to head off to bed yeah well i really want to thank you guys for joining us no problem thank you for having us yeah thank you yeah and um i don't know if soren would like uh to keep you guys on the uh, podcast role but i'd be more than open to having you guys on on future episodes if you'd like to join in uh yeah it'd be great on. love to come back yeah that is i would say as long as you guys are in for it i'm Happy to leave you there. That way, uh, you know, you're welcome on anytime you're available and interested in uh, the topic we're going to be discussing. So, yeah, no, perfect. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you. Hey, well, thanks for coming. Yeah. And uh, thanks for coming on, guys. Soren, thank you again for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for hosting. Yep. Cat, Raffle, thanks for coming on. And, and uh, thank you to the listeners for listening to another episode. Uh, that will be it for this this week's episode. Uh, we'll see you guys next episode. 
I've said episode like six times.